0: What is up, uh, Movie Trivia SmoDown fans? Welcome to the schmodown Rundown, the official episode of the Movie Trivia Shmoedown. My name is Brad Gilmore, but you might know me by another name. You might know me by another. You might know me by another name. There we go. You might know me as The Boat. Hashtag best of all time. Hashtag Brad's Pinchy True. Hashtag Boat Life. Hashtag I'm on a boat. I feel like I haven't done that in a while. Have I not done that in a while? As you can see, I'm here holding it down, solo dolo. Frank Jenga Janish not in the place to be, and he is not in a place to be seen either. So this isn't going to be a traditional Schmodown rundown. This is going to be, by the way, he's number 261. Look at this. See, this is what happens when I don't have Frank. Um, It's not going to be a traditional Schmodown rundown. It's going to be more of like a Schmodown rundown check-in. You know, I feel like I should stand up and do this. It's a Schmodown rundown check-in more than anything, right? Um, We'll talk about some of the things that happened over the last week here in the movie, trivia Schmodown, but um, some of them I want to wait on. I want to wait for Frank because especially that Schmodown throwdown that just occurred, I have to wait on Frank Janish. What I want to check in today, and and we're going to keep this somewhat abbreviated, what I wanted to check in with everybody on today is the match that we just saw, uh, Moose Haas taking on Chance Ellison in the inner geekdom. Chance Ellison, a big topic of conversation amongst all fans of the movie, Trish Modown. And also, final exam, enlightening time. Incredible match. An incredible match. Um, we will start with the match that is most recently in my mind, and that is the Chance Ellison match. Um, Here we go. I'm pulling up my gimmicks here, so just give me a second, guys. All right. My Chance Ellison versus Haas. Moose Haas here. Um, Match was sensational. I got to say, it was sensational more so on the side of Moose because what we were able to see from him is Chance Ellison. This is a guy who last season, as I'm pulling up the schedule, who last season ran the table when we talked about intergeekdom, right? He went through it. He ran the table. We saw Chance Ellison go all the way and win uh, the IG tournament uh, in that final against his partner, Mike Kalinowski. That occurred last year. So we knew the man was, was bad. We knew that he was a bad dude when it came to the inner geekdom round. But here we go. This round one tournament action, we see a loss for chance Ellison and chance Ellison. I don't have stats here with me. So correct me if I'm wrong. I believe he only got five questions in round number one, with somebody of his caliber and look, Day one, I bought big on Chance Ellison stock. I think everybody knows that. Everybody knows that I bought big on Chance Ellison. I bought it all up. I, I, I drove his market price through the roof. And for somebody who has that ability like a Chance Ellison does, for him to go only 50% or so in round number one for Intergeekdom was a, was a little surprising, I will say men in black international like who's I know that's on the list but man a movie quote from men in black international yikes <laughs> not not the easiest thing in the world. chance Ellison comes back in that second round they're able to get things tied up or close to it the TMNT round by moose Haas sensational sensational I mean, the movie quotes was was a rough one, and but he was able to get that. It was think like Vin Diesel, and then the Turtles in Time question about the I thought it was the lamp too or the scepter that makes him go back in time. It was neither. It was, and then Chance Ellison doesn't get it. It was actually the fedora, the hat. That was kind of a tough pull there, but for Moose Haas to get this win in the first round is paramount to his overall success in the movie Tribute Down*, and here's why. When you can go out there and unseat someone who's become a legend in the inner geekdom in the first round of a tournament, let's think about the last time that happened. A name comes to my mind, The Coyote. First round of the tournament, right? His first real round after he plays in, knocks out John Rocha. What happened with him? Went all the way. Now, of course, Chance Ellison, not a former InterGeekdom champion, but somebody who obviously is in the conversation for one of the top IG players just based on him winning a tournament last year. Chance, of course, we know is a triple threat in the movie trivia Shmoedown. But getting a win like that is only going to do good for your confidence, only going to do good for your ego, only going to do well for your ability. Because I think a little bit here – Moose Haas was acting confident. He wasn't being confident. And what do I mean by that? I mean, I'm sure he was a slightly intimidated just on his first round draw. I'm sure he felt somewhat similar to how Jessica Schloth is probably feeling having to go up against Dan Merle. It's not what you want in your first round, especially a previous tournament winner you having a battle in that first round. So you kind of put on a facade of confidence that you can go out there and get the job done. You could tell by his elation and jubilation and celebration after said victory was uh, solidified and cemented that he absolutely was overcome with such a joy by defeating and unseating somebody who was a favorite in that match in round number one. So I think that he's going to make that transition from acting confident and now Moose Haas moving forward is going to be confident i think this is a, it's it's a it's a rough go for chance and i would say this is a uh, a season stopper for most people unless you're a triple threat like Chance Ellison. Chance Ellison is still in line. He's on a pathway to getting a singles championship opportunity. We could very well see him performing in New York if things go his way against either Ethan Irwin or Marisol McKee. That's if he wins the matches that he needs to win to get himself into that position. But nevertheless, Chance Ellison isn't over in 2021. For the MTS, and I'm I'm calling. Look, I'm calling it right now. Chance Ellison. Woo. This is a this is a. If I had my soundboard, this is a Great Scott moment of the night. Can I get a Great Scott? Da 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 da. Great Scott. This is the Great Scott moment of the night. I. Brad Wellington, Jermaine O'Neill Gilmore, hereby proclaim and declare for all who are listening to this, all who are watching this, and those who will watch it in the years to come, allow this to be a recording and a testament. Forever etched in stone and that will be discussed in the annals of time when we look at the movie trivia showdown. Chance Ellison will be at the Spectacular as your movie trivia schmodown singles champion. I said it. I said it. And look, people looked at me crazy. People looked at me crazy whenever I said back in 2019 that by the end of that season, Chance Ellison was going to be a champion in this game. What happened? Refresh my mind. (laughs) Chance Ellison became a champion in the game. So I think that it's wildly conceivable that he can pull that off again and he can become not only a team's champion, but a be one of those people who say that he was double Doubled up and followed in the footsteps of his partner, Mike Kalinowski, and able to solidify himself as a double champ. Maybe not simultaneously, but a double champ, nevertheless, a gargantuan task that has only been accomplished by a very select few who are already in the conversation for the grace to ever play this game. So if Chance Ellison can then initiate himself in said conversation by uh, capturing a win against. If he you know, this is if he makes it to New York, right, but if he were able to defeat a Marisol or especially an Ethan, and I say especially Ethan because Ethan has a pedigree already of excellence, Marisol is still uh still uh building her legacy, but if he's able to to do that, man, chance Ellison could go down because if I remember. Frank Janish already has said that he is a top, what is it, top three or top two most accurate player in league history? If Frank were here, he could illuminate us on said fact, but it's something in that ballpark. If not top two, top three or four or five, somewhere in that vicinity, hovering around that range, he's one of the most accurate players of all time. He's also like 24, 25. Think about that in 10 years, Chance Ellison might set every single record in the history of the movie tribute showdown that will never be broken. He could be like the bill Russell or the Kareem or have the hundred point game, like Wilt Chamberlain and just set all these all time records that seem next to impossible to ever duplicate. So I say all that to say Moose Haas, this only puts the biggest of notches in said belt. And you, my friend, are well on your way. He was some, Moose was somebody, when I first saw him, I, I liked him instantly. And I think I said that on this show, I was a fan of, of just the, the personality, the way he carried himself. And this is a big win here. This is a big win here. Now, if we look over on the Movie Trivia Schmodown's website, SchmodownLive.com. Trying to see if these standings are updated. Where are my standings? Singles. I'm looking for the standings currently. Bracket, draft, rankings. No, not the rankings. Actually, let's look at the rankings for a second. Lady Justice ranked number one in singles. Dangerous Dan Merle, two. Ben Bateman, three. Coyote Collins, four. Jeff Snyder five, so we'll wait for these to be updated. I'm looking for faction standings. 2021 standings. There we go. Okay, according to the most recent update to the movie trivia Schmodown's website, season eight. Now, I don't know how up-to-date this is, so forgive me for that. Again, this is what I have Frank Janish here to do. I've said it before on Twitter. Frank Janish is the heart, soul of this show. If this was a rock band, he would be the bass and the drums. I would just be the David Lee Roth, who is over energetic for no reason and is somewhat talented at what he does, but not as talented as other people and just enough to get by. Um, the Dungeon, 56 points. Quirky Mercs, 56 points. Dungeon holding an overall record of 16 and 14, while the Quirky Mercs, technically in second place with a 500 record, 14 and 14. Two big knockouts. Um, Four, the Quirky Mercs, but KO'd six times uh, as opposed to the Dungeons one time and three knockouts. So that's what puts Dungeon number one overall this year so far. Now, will we see the precipitous fall like we did for the Finstock Exchange last year? That remains to be seen. But I, I, I will say it's it's as the season goes on, it looks less and less likely. But anything is possible in this game. I feel terrible for my rock stars. Uh, 13 points. Dead last. Swag behind them with 15. And then here's the discrepancy from 6th and 8th place. Roxy Stryer and the Stars have 13 points in 8th place. The Den in 6th place, just two places above them, 20 more points. Think about that. 20 more points. The Stars are the third most KO'd team in the movie trivia showdown this year but they have the worst record of just seven and 14. Mm. not great now i'm hoping my man slick nick harley can do something to turn around their fortunes jacoby bancroft who's over there who i'm a big fan of we'll see what happens with the stars but that's where your rankings looked at least uh, according to the last update for the movie trivia showdown let's talk about is it the one of the greatest teams matches of all time? Is it? Lightning time? Taken on final exam? I was lucky enough to be at the desk for this one. And I can take you through the blow by blow and what I recall of the moment, but I just don't think I've ever seen a more heart-throbbing, pulse-increasing, sudden death round than that one i mean there's been sure there's been like adam collins and dan merle and uh rachel and and Mara and things of that nature but for me this one well i wasn't on the call for either one of those this one i was on the call for and i was sitting there watching this unfold one misses here one misses there different answer different answer same answer same answer and then for this come down to an answer of the Cleveland Browns. I mean, what? Cleveland? Cleveland is what solidified this win? You know, Cleveland, not the traditional sense of the city of champions, but draft day, fun movie, Kevin Costner. It's a movie, actually, that Ben Bateman and I a lot of the times, if we have conversations over some sort of telecommunication device, we reference at a consistent basis, especially in regards specifically to any kind of pancake or pancake-eating mf If you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, you're probably wildly lost on this somewhat erroneous tangent. Again, I digress. When lightning time was able to solidify this win and victory... And get it in overtime. I distinctly remember sitting at the desk and thinking. Ethan Irwin. Is the player of the year. And lightning time. Could end up being team of the year. Now. Shazam. I'm I'm well aware of. And it's going to be hard to unseat them. That's why I said they could be. Are they likely to do it? We'll see how, you know. See how the rest of the year plays out when it comes to teams. Shazam still making their case for the greatest team of all time. Their top three for sure. This lightning time team is different. Ethan Irwin, I'm not sure what happened to him in this offseason. But our singles champion of the world has come through and elevated his game to a place where I didn't realize that it could go. I thought that we saw Ethan Irwin's best in his first season. I thought that was the best we were ever going to see Ethan Irwin. He would get no better than that. And if that was the best that he'd have, it's better than 99% of everybody else. But to take it to another level, it's almost like when Jordan did his first three-peat and you're like, wow, he 3 There's no way you're ever getting better than that, right? And then he takes a couple years off, comes back, 72-10 and season, wins the championship, and three-peats again. That's what Ethan Irwin's doing right now. Ethan Irwin is coming back, and he is living out Michael Jordan and the Bulls' second three-peat. And him and Liz Shannon Miller are such a, a vicious combo, a vicious combo, I wasn't sure about the pairing initially only because I feel like they shared so much common knowledge that it could hinder their overall performance because their blank spots could be so similar in the Venn diagram of movie trivia knowledge that they wouldn't be as successful as they might look like on paper, but they've completely proven me absolutely 1,000% incorrect. And I am happy that I am on the 180-degree inverse of that initial projection and prediction. Because what we are seeing from this team, and, and and specifically Ethan Irwin, but we're talking about the team, so we have to highlight both of them. Ethan couldn't go out there and do it alone. I think that we've seen Lishian and Miller has been sensational as a member of this team. But what they've been able to accomplish is – Incredible, And the fact that Ethan Irwin, in the last, what, seven days or 14 days, something to that nature, or at least in the last month for sure, has an inner win over Paulo Yama, <laughs> has a team's win over Paulo Yama and Lon Harris, along with Liz Shannon Miller, and then won the singles championship over dangerous Dan Merle. How is he not running away? with player of the year. Somebody somebody make the argument. Make the argument. Somebody do it for me. Because I don't think that you can. He is on such a magnificent level that he is the overall player of the year in my mind. I want to look at this singles tournament again real quick just to show folks, if you don't know what the bracket looks like, here's what we have coming up. Um, David Del Rio, of course, beating Liz Shannon Miller, and uh, th- this is your upcoming schedule for all the matches. Again, trying to figure out what bracket is the most difficult, but the match that I'm looking forward to, Josh Horowitz, Griffin Newman, Griffy Nooms, that will be live in New York on October the 9th. October the 9th, New York City, New York, that goes down, and the main event will be the singles championship of the world. Who will be the singles champion going into New York? Will it be Marisol McKee, Lady Justice herself, or big time Ethan Irwin, the player of the year right now? We will find out. A lot of great matchups here still to be seen. Dan Merle, Jessica Sloth, Lon Harris, King Khan, uh, Eric Zipper, and Janine should be a barn burner. And, of course, the man who's going to win the entire tournament, Nick Harley. Who do y'all have? Leave us a comment in the comment section below. I have rambled for 20 plus minutes. So this is our abbreviated version of the Schmodown rundown. We'll be back when Frank comes back from his vacacion, and we'll have a full on breakdown, especially the Schmodown throwdown that went down last Friday that had to do with Jeff Snyder and Chance Ellison. Chance Ellison and JT Adam Collins. A lot of implications for that match or that series of matches in regards to the singles championship. We will break down what we think is going to happen in New York City, New York, talk more about the singles tournament, this team's competition that is going on in the Intergeekdom. There's so many great things happening in the movie trivia down right now. You can find me on all social media at Brad Gilmore. You can also go check out the First Class League. We will be uh, heading into our big season, which is uh, October. Our season ends in October and we will have big, big matches ahead for you, including the and Flouse and that singles championship. Do I ever have a plan for him? Until next time, my name is The Brad Gilmore. This is the Schmodown Rundown, the only show that matters, and we'll see you in an extended form next week. Take care, y'all.